Welcome to the Esteemed Life Podcast, where I talk about the remarkable resilience of women and how they have overcome challenges and obstacles in their lives. I will explore self-esteem, self-love, emotional intelligence, self-care, and confidence. I am your host, Michelle Hall, a certified Christian life coach and personal development strategist who help women of a mature age overcome and resolve negative childhood experiences. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, esteemed ones. Today on the Esteem Life podcast, I'm talking about victim blaming. Victims being blamed by others and victims blaming themselves. Unfortunately, it happens more often than we realize. But why do we do it? And what effects does this have on the victim? Let's talk about it. But before we get into that, I'd like to tell you about what I have planned for the month of February. Since Valentine's Day is in February and there's love in the air, I'm going to focus on self-love all during the month. I personally believe that the best self-love is excellent self-care. I will have interviews with people talking about various self-care and self-love topics, and I will also have features running in the Facebook group. If you have not joined the Facebook group, please do, so you can get all the tips, information, and freebies that I will be dropping over there. The name of the group is The Esteemed Ones. There is a link in the show notes, so you can get on over there, get tapped in, and learn all about self-love and self-care. Let's get it. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What is victim blaming? Well, it is exactly what it says. When the victim of a crime or an assault or a trauma or whatever is blamed in some way, form, or fashion for what happened to them. This happens a lot in a variety of situations, such as sexual assault and rape, domestic violence, and bullying, to name a few. Victims are often questioned about the situation in a way that insinuates that they had a part in what happened to them. For example, a rape victim might be asked about what she was wearing when she was raped as if her choice of clothing was the reason for the attack. A domestic violence victim might be asked what she was doing or not doing to cause the attack. Victim blaming happens to both adults and children. And regardless of age, it is wrong to blame a victim for the harmful act of another. Imagine a young girl say 12 years old, dressed in a cute little summer outfit, cute little tank top and shorts. This young girl is hitting puberty and her body is starting to develop. She has no control over that process. She is trying to understand and navigate the changes that her body is going through. She knows nothing about enticing or seducing a grown man. But when a grown man sexually assaults her or rapes her, 
she gets blamed for being fast or flirting with the man. Not the grown, musty, nasty dude that just committed a crime against a 12-year-old girl. No, the blame goes to the girl. Take a moment and think about that. Think about just how crazy that sounds. Some of you may remember a movie that came out in the early 2000s called Woman Thou Art Loosed. It is a movie that was done by Bishop T.D. Jakes, and I believe it's based on a book of his of the same title. This book, this movie, tells the story of a woman named Michelle, not me. This character was played by the fabulous Kimberly Elise. She was in jail, and I believe she was on death row. She was talking to Bishop Jakes, and during the conversation, she goes back into her childhood and talks about how she got to where she is at that moment. She was the daughter of a single mom, played by the uber-talented Loretta Devine. Michelle's father had passed years prior, and her mother had lots of uncles, with air quotes. Of course, by uncles, I mean men or one-night stands for the mom. And the mother's last uncle friend, his name was Reggie. Reggie was played by the equally talented Clifton Powell. Reggie was a user and a manipulator. The mother was desperate to have a man, so she let him move in her house with her and her daughter. And from the beginning, he was looking at little Michelle in a way that a grown man should not be looking at a little girl. Michelle felt some kind of way about that. She knew something was off, but she never said anything. A few years later, when Michelle was around 12, she was at home by herself one evening and Reggie came home drunk. He asked Michelle where her mother was. She told him that her mother had gone to run an errand, but would be back soon. At that moment, he made a decision and did the unthinkable. He took her to her room and he raped her. And then he left. When the mother came home, she found her daughter in her bedroom closet crying. Her mother looked at her and asked her what was wrong. Why was she in the closet crying? She looked at her and saw blood on her dress, and her mother thought perhaps she had started her cycle. But through tears and pain, Michelle told her mom that she had been hurt. And the mom says, what do you mean? And the mother immediately accused her of having a boy, the little boy from down the street, in the house to have his way with her. And she said, no, it was not the boy down the street. It was Reggie. The mother was furious and told her that she was lying and that it was her fault for being fast And she had let that little boy come into the house and have his way with her. And now she was trying to put the blame on Reggie. 
She made her go to the bathroom to clean herself up and to never speak of that incident again. Michelle was never the same after that night. Her life had been forever changed, not not just from the rape, but also from her mother's reaction to her. It was an immediate dismissal of the child's truth. There was no comforting her, no believing her, no compassion or sympathy for her. Nothing but angry words and a cold heart. Even though that's how the mother treated her daughter, she did confront Reggie when he came home and asked him if he had touched her daughter. Being the manipulator and smooth talker that he was, he talked his way out of the situation and swore that he had never done any such thing, that Michelle was lying. I don't think the mother really believed him, but she allowed him to stay. And of course, the abuse continued after that. The movie was set up where they had commentary from each of the characters throughout the movie. And the commentary from the mother revealed that she had been sexually abused by her own father when she was a child. And she was told that basically it was no big deal and to just suck it up. Just take a second and breathe. And think about where your head was at 10, 11, 12 years old. And how you would feel if your mother, in essence, chose a man or believed a man over you simply because she didn't want to be alone. It's almost like being raped again. A lot happened between the time of the rape and Michelle ending up on death row. She got into drugs and prostitution and has spent time in jail before this time in jail. Michelle was in jail on death row now because she killed Reggie. She had been working on herself, trying to get over this whole thing that had plagued her from the very moment that it happened. So she went to the altar at a revival to put the dress that she had been wearing when she was raped on the altar. But while she was at the altar, she saw Reggie also at the altar. In his old age and infirmity, he had decided to seek forgiveness and turn his life over to the Lord. When she saw him at the altar, she could not contain her anger. She raged. She had a handgun in her purse, and when he started to apologize to her, she shot him dead right on the altar. Although Michelle was a fictional character in this movie, this could be anybody. It could be your daughter, your niece, your BFF, your sister, your mother, or maybe even you. This is someone's story. I wonder how her life would have been different if her mother had believed her, got her the help and support that she needed, 
and got rid of the uncle slash boyfriend. I would like to think it would have been a lot better than it was. We have to be careful and cognizant of what we speak over people, children and adults. Words can be just as powerful as action. Why do we blame people for the violations against them? In doing research, I've read that people tend to equate bad things with bad people. As in bad things don't happen to good people, only to bad people. And bad people are more deserving of bad things. For some, it makes them feel safe because they are good. So this could never happen to them. This mentality overlooks where the real fault lies, and that is with the perpetrator. Victims sometimes blame themselves for some of the same reasons that others blame them. They believe that they did something to cause this thing to happen to them. They find fault in themselves. This behavior takes a very unhealthy toll on the victim's mental and emotional well-being. Victim blaming makes it difficult for the victim to step up and report what happened to them. And they may never get the justice or the help that they deserve. They may get ridiculed or picked on for either telling what happened and no one believing them or for actually being a victim. In this scenario, the perpetrators are not held accountable, which only reinforces the predator-like behavior. How unfair is that? I ask you to pay attention if someone comes to you with their story of victimization. Give them space to share their experience with you. You may be the first person they have ever tried to tell their story about something that happened either recently or perhaps many, many years ago. Don't dismiss them. By just listening quietly, you could be their first step to healing. If you need help in this area, the Journey to You program could be a great resource for you. It is a program designed to help you overcome childhood trauma and obstacles and get to know yourself at a deeper level. Click the link in the show notes to complete the questionnaire to see if you are a good fit. Now I want you to listen and listen good. You are not to blame. Don't blame yourself and don't allow others to blame you either. It is time for you to step into your power and place the blame where it truly belongs, on the perpetrator. Until next time. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Esteemed Life Podcast. Please join my Facebook group where we have discussions on podcast topics and other inspirational content. You can find the group at www.facebook.com slash groups slash the esteemed ones. Share this episode with a friend and come back to join me next week for another inspirational episode. 
And remember, life can get better. You just have to do the work.